Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie, the animal enthusiast. Donnie? Hey, what's up, Marvel fans? It's the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green. It's the Emerald Enthusiast, here to talk to you about Loki. Uh, yes, as you can probably tell, because of my background, I actually run out of the way. Yeah, Loki. beautiful background. Uh, uh, we're, we're talking Loki. We let some time go. We let we decided for this time, instead of doing two episodes at a time, because the, the series was only six episodes, we would do it all at once. Um... So that's what we're doing. Um, we're doing it in one uh, big, you know, pot of 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 review, you know, stew or something. I, I don't know that that analogy went horribly wrong. Anyway, we're doing it all at once, and that's what it is. It's like a buffet of Loki review goodness. There we go. How I like a big pot of review stew. I like that. Uh-huh. I tried to make it something, it didn't work, but yeah, you thought it worked, so it's good. Works for me. As yeah. long as I please you, Donnie, on this show, that's all that matters, really. Uh, that's who. That's whose opinion I'm, I'm actually most focused on entertaining. So, yeah, we're going to talk Loki. Is there any news, Donnie, before we, before we get into it that you want to bring up, uh, Marvel-wise? You know, not especially. You know, there's the, the big news with the... Uh, the disagreement between Disney and Scarlett Johansson over, you know, her payment for the Black Widow movie, but right. I haven't really read enough on that to like really have formed an opinion. I know it has a lot to do with the fact that Disney put it on the Disney streaming service as opposed to the movie just being distributed to theaters. Right. And she's claiming that that's a contract breach because she yeah. has, you know, box office incentives. Well, you know, if it hits certain targets would have allowed for her to make more money. Uh, yes. It's not going to, you know, being on streaming, would it have hit those, does that hinder it hitting those targets? Possibly, but also we're in a pandemic. Would it have hit those targets if it wasn't on streaming? I'm doubtful because, again, pandemic. Uh, it, my thing is, look, they. it seems like they may have breached the agreement. I, I think they should have done, Disney should have done what Warner Brothers did in that, and that is, you know, pay their talent, you know, adjust the contract to allow for the the day and date streaming thing. Uh, sure. uh, you know, people criticize Warner Brothers, but they did the smart thing there. Uh, and, you know, I, the only thing I'll say is, again, I'm not certain that if, if that movie had come out just theatrically, I don't think it would have hit much more massive targets. Because again, I think that the people in Hollywood, especially actors, it seems to me, it's like they've forgotten that, that we're in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, and again, I, I'm not siding with the big corporation Disney. Like, my my statement is my statement, uh, and I, I I'll censor it. But but you know, here's my overall take. This week <laughs> in Hollywood has been. Uh, millionaires versus billionaires, dawn of I don't give a crap about uh, about rich people's finances. And <laughs> here's the best solution. Because, I, look, I think they're going to settle out of court eventually. Mm. And 99% of that will be because the judge is named Martha. Why is that name? No, so Triggered. Like, Triggered. it's just like she made $20 million. Yeah. 
if that was the, 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 the son I took home to play pretend, yeah, I'd be happy with it. I mean, I, I look at it. I did enjoy the movie a lot. I watched it with my youngest daughter. Right. There, there was a lot to like about it, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I look at it as a fan, and I'm like, you know, work, work it out amongst yourself. You know, work it out amongst yourselves. You know, and whatever happens, happens there. So, uh, it's my understanding that Scarlett Johansson is now walking away from Black Widow. So, hopefully, everything is resolved and they can move forward with the character at this point. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I have no doubt that it'll work itself out. Sure. Now, I'm like you. I mean, I would be, in, even right now, I am in no hurry to, like, get back to the theater. You know, if, if I luck out, if I get, you know, a small crowd, I may. I, I really do want to go see the Venom movie. Even if I have to do so, you know, in a hazmat suit with a can of yeah. Lysol, I'm going to try. Right. So. Yeah. No, my, my, the movie that I'm sort of really... I would have loved to see in a theater. Uh, it, look, I don't think it's going to be... I don't think for me it's going to be Venom. That's September. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are going to be back in school then. Uh, it's going to be a crap fest. You know, you know the numbers are... We Two weeks ago, we just really, uh, went into step three of our reopening plan, which allowed gyms and restaurants to reopen. Yeah. And surprise, surprise... The case numbers are going up, Donnie. Mm. I, I'm shocked that when yeah, you allow when you allow vaccinated people and unvaccinated people to mingle unmasked in a restaurant. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, right. So, right. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, September to me is going to be a you know a quote unquote shit show, uh, <laughs> I think. And then the movie that I wanted to go see in theaters, especially after the second trailer, was Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. Uh, afterlife. I don't think numbers are going to be much better in November than they are in September. They maybe who knows. Yeah. Again, it all depends on vaccination rates and numbers and stuff like that. Uh, I like I said, I'd like to see Ghostbusters in theaters. I'm hoping they'll put it on like they'll do like a 45 day window and then you know either sell it to Amazon or Netflix mm -hmm. so I can watch the thing. Likewise. But it doesn't look, you know, our review of that for Hunting Haunts, the Ghostbusters podcast, will have to probably be when it hits home media. Right. By the way, we just did a Hunting Haunts podcast on the Ghostbusters comics from IDW Publishing. You can find that right here on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and it's doing, a, it was a good one. We talked comics, which we said we were going to do on this channel uh, as often as we could. Yeah, uh, I highly enjoyed it. Yeah, and we will do another one. Uh, we'll schedule it after this show. You, you guys won't hear the scheduling. But we will plan another one uh, to drop soon because I do want to discuss uh, the recent trailer with you on, on that episode when we do it. Now it's just about do we do another uh, volume of the graphic novel or do we do the real Ghostbusters, an episode or two of the real Ghostbusters cartoon? I'm down for either one. So Donnie and I will discuss that after the show, but you will definitely hear more Hunting Haunts. Yes. But with that news and, and sort of discussion about when, when we may go to a theater again, uh, out of the way, let's talk about something that we didn't have to go uh, to a theater to watch, and that was Loki. So, Donnie, give us the law of the land, or the lay of the land, I should say, not law of the land. <laughs> the low key of the land on Loki. <laughs> the lay of the Loki land, okay. 
So we start off with an episode called Glorious Purpose. Broadcast on June 9th, 2021. And we see that Loki is arrested by the Time Variance Authority. When he creates a new timeline after we saw him steal the Tesseract from the Battle of New York. And let me just start by saying, I think it's essential for any entertainment media to have kind of keystone moments. And I like the fact that you can say New York within the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everybody knows what that means. New York's a big deal. And we saw Loki steal the Tesseract and create this new timeline. Right. So the the TVA, and that is the Time Variance Authority, resets the timeline and Loki is branded a variant to stand trial in front of Judge Renslayer for crimes against the quote-unquote sacred timeline. And another thing I want to say here as far as what Marvel is doing, and we'll definitely get into this when we talk about Episode 6, it seems like they're raising the stakes a little bit. They want to kind of go beyond just the Infinity Gauntlet and the, you know, the, the Infinity Stones and say there are greater forces out there than just that. Just because that's no longer in play, it is in play to a degree. But just oh, yeah. because, the, yeah. The Infinity Stones, I mean, we're done. We're seemingly done with those, but hmm. there are more threats on the way. Yes, for people who may not be aware of, you know, how vast the Marvel Universe is in the comics, this is kind of your first impression that there are forces out there that are, you know, much greater than Thanos. You know, we're, we're getting ready to hit the Eternals. We hear about, you know, the, the TVA here, and that gives you the, the picture of just how massive we're dealing with this scale from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, so. it's, it, it's... And I'll be honest, this series had me... Uh, when they started talking about time travel, because I'm a sucker for uh, time travel stories, alternate universes. That's my, you know, that's my thing. That's your wheelhouse, huh? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that stuff. Well, you know, we, I, we got a dose of that in Endgame, and I think we're going to get a big dose of that in the future. Oh, yeah, it's wrapping up for sure. Uh, definitely. Um... You know, it's uh, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so Loki stands trial in front of the TVA, and Loki blames the Avengers for what happened. And Renslayer says, "No, that was what happened with the Avengers was meant to happen. Yeah, what what you have done is not meant to happen." It kind of reminded me of you know the random and the purpose from Stephen King's Insomnia meaning that there are things that are kind of inevitable, but things kind of go awry with the time stream. And that's always a fun concept to play with. I also want to say, when you see these things illustrated with the kind of whimsical, uh, cartoonish animation with the TVA, I thought that was a nice nice touch. Yeah. Um, I... My sort of... My breakout character that's not... A Loki variant for me, without a question, is um, Mobius. I, mm-hmm. I just um, uh, Owen Wilson just I, I think stole the show for me. Mm-hmm. In uh, fact, we see Agent Mobius, who was played by Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. who did an excellent job. Yeah, 
And he takes Loki to a place called the Time Theater, which I thought was a very interesting concept, too, to review his past misdeeds and question him about his personality and his propensity for hurting people. And he wants to know, he was like, you know, what what is your nature? Do you enjoy, do you relish inflicting pain on others? Yeah. yeah. I love that they, they kind of did that. Um, and they and while he was doing that, he kind of showed um, 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 he kind of showed uh, his future. Loki, he, well, no, he showed Loki how the the timeline was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was great in the sense that you really see that yes, while Loki can be distrustful and you know somebody that is seemingly out there for only their own interests, as he's watching the events play out and he sees what what happens to his mother. You know, you see the emotional uh, side of Loki, mm-hmm. and you can see the heartbreak all over again, which we saw in, in Thor: uh, Dark World. Right. But we're seeing again with this Loki that never experienced that. That right. was the real powerful part about about the uh, time theater aspect of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the TVA not only can they show him past events, they can show him the future aspect of the timeline. And yeah. even though even though they kind of operate and look like the DMV, like a very kind of mundane, you know, uh, yeah. one of the mill type place, you know, their power exceeds the Infinity Stones. I mean, they are. This is a very powerful like entity in time. Indeed, and yeah. So in the Time Theater, we not only see you know the death of, of Frigga, we also see Loki eventually sees his own death at the hands of Thanos. Yeah. And so he's very much impacted like this. And there's another line that I want to say that Mobius said that I thought really impacted Loki, just from the expressions on Tom Hiddleston's face. He said, you were born, Mobius said this to Loki, you were born so others could be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. And I think that hit Loki in a way of saying, you know, I'm maybe I'm not as important as some other people or some other beings, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And that has to hurt, you know, a, a being who, you know, considers himself a god, you know, who is right. called a god. So that, again, we see, we see, you know, kind of Loki becoming this deeper, more multi-layered character in this series. Absolutely. Uh, you definitely, we do definitely get a lot of character progression from Loki. But to be fair, it didn't just happen in the series. It's been happening, you know, all throughout you know, Tom Hiddleston's appearances in the MCU. Although this is technically a different Loki. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Loki eventually agrees to help Mobius hunt another Loki variant. And again, you're going to hear that word a lot, variant, in this series. Yeah, and you know, when you hear that word nowadays, it's not a good... Uh, <laughs> doesn't inspire anybody with any hope or confidence. <laughs> yeah, you know... Uh, it I'm like, to, did they really have to use this word? Could they not have gotten with something else? Right. You know, it, it used to just mean, you know, uh, a, a different comic book cover. But, yeah. you know, now it's it's taken on much more ominous tones. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, Loki, again, the, the main character, Loki, agrees to help Agent Mobius track down 
another Loki who has killed several TVA agents and stolen their timeline resetting charges, which makes this version very dangerous. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the cool, it's both cool and shocking uh, at the same time, is that this, Lo, this Loki uh, variant is a woman. We do see that, and that that seems to play a role we in. Yeah, Loki, Loki, yeah. and then Loki her. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging around you way too often, Daddy. I'm starting with the dad jokes, and I haven't I haven't impregnated anybody, to my knowledge. <laughs> At least not in this universe. In yeah, you one. know. Oh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe in another one you have. So yeah, it could be. My well, parents are getting out of control. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta wrangle them in. <laughs> oh, so I'm assuming we're just gonna go on and, and just yeah, give like yeah, an we're overall rating. Episode by episode. We're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeform. So that leads us into episode number two, which is titled "The Variant." Yeah. So, uh, not the variant that is going around the United States right now. Not the bad is, one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, oh boy. So anyway, Loki joins the TVA in this mission to capture this version of Loki, and he ends yeah. up in 1985, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I cannot word today, as my daughter would say, where he attempts to bargain his way into meeting the timekeepers. And the TVA claims that they created, you know, this, this sacred timeline. And... Renslayer, now, she is not at all on board with Loki's involvement here. But no. Mobius is convinced that this is the right move. Now, I mean, of course Loki would say that. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that I think is very interesting here, there's a lot of, like, old physical files, which, again, I like the fact that this kind of looks like an office the way that, you know, the DMV would. You know, it's uh, you even have some employees that look like they're dead inside. They're just like, you know, step to the left, go I, over I there. Love, I love the DMV comparison because that's what you, that really what it, it really is what it's, what the TVA feels like. Yes. Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Loki eventually researches some of these TVA files and he starts to get this picture that the variant is hiding in these kind of cataclysmic, apocalyptic events. And that's why the TVA can't track this variant is because these are places where there are no branches of new timelines. It's where timelines are ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I actually really like that, that conceit that, well, nobody would look for them there because... Again, the world, the only purpose of that moment is for the world to end. So why would anybody look there? Right. Makes and a lot with, of sense. Yeah, I, I like that story point. I thought it was very inventive. So, yeah. Another Lo thing I have. Lo Kerr yeah. is very intelligent. <laughs> yeah. uh <-huh. laughs> but I have to say this, though. You cannot ruin a man's salad like that. Mobius was like, I wanted that salad. I'm like, you know, I agree. You know, Loki, you know, use some blocks or use some Legos or something like that. Especially don't don't ruin a salad. salad. You know. Yeah, exactly. That looked like a good salad. So, yeah. but yeah, just the lettuce with nothing else in there, and go go for it. But <laughs> if there's added, you know, ingredients. Then... 
Yeah, I like I said, it looked good to me, but yeah, Loki just yeah, he just pounded that salad and it was nothing. He's, you know, he's anti-salad. Yeah, exactly. Completely inedible. So Loki and Mobi uh, Mobius, they confirm this theory by going to Pompeii in 79 AD. And of course we know that that was a big event in the history of Earth. There was a you know big eruption and they confirmed that this is is the way that this variant is acting, that this variant is hiding in world-ending events. Right. And so they eventually deduce that the variant is now hiding in 2050 Alabama in a hurricane. Yeah, I mean, again, who would want to go anywhere where there's a hurricane? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you said Alabama. I've never been to Alabama, so I don't know. I don't know how entertaining that place is. But the fact that there's a hurricane would dissuade me from wanting to go there. Yeah. Any. I mean, again, anywhere there's a hurricane, right, and yeah. so they're ambushed there when they go to Alabama by the variant, who is able to. And, and enact some magic on several locals and kind of enchant them. And Agent B-15, who's a, another good uh, standout character, I thought, in this. And so this is where we see that this version of Loki is female. Loker, as you would say. Yeah. And she sends the stolen reset charges to various points along the sacred timeline. Mm. And that creates numerous branch timelines that th they just throw the TVA into chaos. Mm -hmm. And she teleports away, and Loki follows her despite the protestation of Mobius. Uh, yeah, it's... I like the fact that she gets away in the sense mm -hmm. that they're, they're showing just how you know, much of a of a threat, of a hassle that she, she's going to pose. Mm -hmm. But also that Loki seemingly allows, to, you know, kind of is going against the wishes of Mobius. Already, it's kind of, you know, he's still at the stage where he's, you know, typical Loki being distrust, distrustful and out for his own agenda. So he's not really doing much of anything to change anybody's opinion of him. Right. I mean, at this point... You know, his his nature is still to be, you know, on his own and to kind of act on his own impulses as opposed to being a team player. Now, we do see that develop as the series goes along. Right. But again, he acted on impulse here and he does follow the other Loki. Yeah. So with the TVA in chaos, the variant arrives at their headquarters and she goes after the timekeepers, but she's followed by... Again, the Loki, the main Loki. Yeah, and Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, yes. So they're attacked by Renslayer, and Loki uses a temp pad to temp teleport them both to a planet called Lamentus One in the year 2077. It's Excuse me, not a, not a planet, a moon. Yeah. It's a moon that's actually being crushed by a planet. By the way, the effects in this were just outstanding. Oh, they look phenomenal. Expensive. Again. Yeah. We, we got to call out Disney Plus and say, or Disney and Disney Plus, to say, um, 
the visuals, it looks like a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're not skipping on on the uh, on the look. Well, I think you said it best in an earlier podcast, which you can find right here on YouTube as well as iTunes and Podbean. Oh, yeah. Nice plug. Game <laughs> was plus as, as always. <laughs> top, you top said tier, that top tier shameless plug. Top tier shameless. I was plug. gonna say top tier plugging, but that's a different podcast. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> you threw me a curveball. Anyway, <laughs> so. I like how you said this year that before this we were going to the movies, but once the pandemic started, they brought the movies to us. And yeah, did I, did I say that? That's, very, that's very good. Right? There should be a poster. Right, exactly. So, yeah, we, we can put that on T-shirts and sell them. So. Patting myself on the back, uh, you can see. <laughs> there you go. Do the Barry Horowitz. So, <laughs> so to escape this planet now, after, you know, they kind of battle one another, and that is, you know, we see that the female version of Loki is called Sylvie. Yeah. And after they fight one another, they realize they've got to get off this moon. So they go on this train that is bound for this thing called the Ark, which is a ship that will get them off of this moon. Right. Yeah. So along the way, Sylvie reveals that the TVA workers are actually variants of people from Earth. And she and Loki fight their way through the guards and a, a crowd of people attempting to get on the Ark, but meteors from the oncoming planet destroy it before they can get on board. A couple of things throughout the whole, you know, train ride, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, uh, Sylvie reveals her um, kind of how she got here moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, she was on Asgard, and when she was a child, they came and took her. Um, right. I wonder, I, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, I would really love to have seen more of that alternate take on Asgard. Like, what happened there? Like, what was different besides Loki being a woman? Mm-hmm. Like was well, Thor, you never know. Yeah, was we, Thor we, a girl on yeah. that universe? Yeah, that's an that's an interesting like question. Like Thorn Bolina or however I don't know what you'd call her, but no, but and I'm not saying that disparagingly. I have no other name for it to, to call. But uh, mm. but no, um, I, I think it'd be cool to see. Like like you know, it would have been it yeah. would have been interesting. I am yeah. you know I, I like seeing alternate takes on on the universe we're familiar with, right? Right, what you're saying is that, you know, a, a, a universe, you know, a version where they're sisters instead of brothers. Somebody's going to hashtag Thorbelina here. <laughs> Thorbelina. <laughs> oh, oh, just, you know, Thorella, you know. I, I didn't think Thorella's good too, yeah. <laughs> so, sure, Paul, Thorbelina or Thorella, which one should it be? <laughs> I, I want to say here too, it's, there's a lot of good character development in these episodes because, when a character's in a situation to where they can't just use their powers to get out of a situation where they're in some kind of bind, where they have to use their intelligence, where they have to use strategy, right, right. that's a good opportunity for development. And we see that here out of Loki. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to get your take on is 
we started seeing attraction. Um, we we started seeing, you know, Loki, and I guess Sylvie at the same time. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Um, Falling for each other? Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. You know, attraction. So yeah, and I w- as I was watching that play out, I was like, um, "Isn't he basically falling in love with himself?" Well, it, you know, it worked for Exotic Adrian Street. You remember the song "I'm in Love with Me"? So yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah I guess you I guess you were. It was just a little, I'm like, this is really odd because technically she is him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, I'm like when they, later on in the series, when they kissed, I'm like, hold on. You just kissed yourself. It's kind of <laughs> weird. But yeah, I, I digress. I just have to point that out. Uh, right. So that leads into the next episode, which is called The Nexus Event. And Sylvie tells Loki that she escaped from the TVA as a child. And again, you start to see this attraction, and which creates a unique branch timeline. And the the TVA then gets kind of a, they, they, they get the vibe from that. And they arrest Loki and Sylvie before Lamentus One is destroyed because we left the episode with them seemingly you know, going to go out with the destruction of the moon, but that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, which, of course, they wouldn't because Loki's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Can't You can't kill the star of the show. Mm-hmm. So Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop, which I thought I really like this part, where he's repeatedly attacked by Sith. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah. Kicked in the nether or kneed in the nether, exactly. nether regions, which is, <laughs> as another character would say, right in the mommy daddy button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time um, after time. <laughs> I ju- and it was nice to see Jamie Alexander return as, as Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to point out because this is the opportunity where I'll get to do it for this particular show that Jamie Alexander, uh, Donnie, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you can you, you know where this is going, but. It's worth saying that since we're talking about multiverse, I have, an, as everybody knows who listens to this show knows, I have an omniverse full of wives, mm-hmm. you know, which is celebrities that I, I've been attracted to. And Jamie Alexander is, in fact, on the list. <laughs> and we can now carry on. So <laughs> it, it's, it's actually in this episode where Mobius starts to doubt the TVA a little bit because he's told by Renslayer that C-20 died of a mental breakdown. But later later on, we find that Mobius finds a recording of her interrogating C-20, who was of sound mind at that point. Right. So Mobius frees Loki from the loop. Renslayer confronts them and... Mobius is and has Mobius quote unquote pruned. Okay? Yeah. Which is which is basically killed and then we'll talk about where he's Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a it's a sanit, it's a sanitized way of saying, yeah, we murdered him. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers who order Loki and Sylvie to be deleted. Yes. So now exa- I, I'm not exactly sure why deleted is different than pruned. Maybe deleted is more of a, you know, deleted is like a permanent solution. You're done. Like you're exactly. You're done. Yeah. So pruning, like, I guess you can sort of reboot the file and it can kind of come back. But once you're deleted, it's over. <laughs> well, all I kept thinking about is Matt Hardy going delete. delete. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so, however, with B-15's help, Loki and Sylvie defeat Renslayer and the Timekeeper's guards. Sylvie actually cuts the head off one of the Timekeepers, but discovers that they're just androids before a recovered Renslayer then kills Loki, or prunes Loki. And Sylvie overpowers Renslayer and demands the truth about the TVA. Right. Now, it seemingly ends there, but then there's the big post credit scene that everybody was talking about where Loki awakens and he meets several other variants. Yeah. And there's a kid version of Loki. There's a big bald version of Loki. There is the original classic Loki and an alligator Loki. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things in terms of the, the timekeepers during that, you know, conversation, mm-hmm. the, the trial uh, portion, it was vampires were mentioned. Yes. So it's the first nod to uh, vampires in mm-hmm. the MCU, which of course will lead to, you know, the upcoming Blade film. And you yeah. know how excited I got when I heard vampires because I'm like, oh, you know who's coming. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. And then I started thinking about Buffy and you know Sarah Michelle Gellar, and the list comes up again. But I'll have an opportunity to talk about the list in another episode we're recording in a bit. So I'll mention her later. But for now, yeah, she, she just definitely came up when I started thinking. And I'm like, can you imagine a tag team between Blade and Buffy against, you know, the vampires and the werewolves and the likes of the Marvel? I, I, and, you know, Buffy is now owned by Disney because of the Fox merger. Okay. So technically, she could pop into the MCU. She won't, yeah. but she could. And I'd be here for it. So just, <laughs> if Kevin Feige is listening, uh, you know. Well, you know how I feel about Blade, how we, we've talked about that. Yeah, I can't wait to see Blade come back. I was a fan of not only the movie, but the comics, the TV yeah. series. Yeah, we need, we need a comic um, with Blade. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the animated series that came from Japan was amazing. So Blade's one of those characters that, for me, never gets old. So Right. Well, and, and he doesn't because of the whole half-vampire thing. Mm-hmm. So now we get this leads into an episode called Journey into Mystery. And Renslayer tells Sylvie that when Loki was pruned, he was sent to a place called the Void, which is also where Mobius is at. This is at the end of time where from where nothing has ever returned. Yeah. And the Void is also a place that I like to think where angry fanboys scream and, and moan on Twitter about things they don't like, and nobody really cares, uh, you know, so. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to prune a few people that I that I heard this week on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, you should have a, a like, a dislike, and a prune button where you can, you can click that button and it gets rid of it, like you'll never see that account again. And I know they have the block button, but sometimes... 
I still see crap leak through the block button, even though I have somebody blocked, I still see their garbage. And mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. why is this not working? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I blocked them for a reason. So it's here that we learned that the true creator of the TVA is actually hiding beyond the void. Yes. Which is interesting because there is a creature there that they encounter, and it's called the, um, how do you pronounce it again? And I, I know this creature from the comics, um, Aligoth. Sounds about right to me. Aligoth. Anyway. So, That's how I would say it. Right. So uh, the cre that, that, that creature actually is in the comics because I remember seeing it before. Mm. And so Renslayer plans to reach out to the TVA's true creator. Mm. So Loki and all the other Loki variants, that's when they, the, they come in contact with this massive, huge, void-like creature that's called the Alioth or the Leoth, whatever. Anyway, yeah. basically what this creature is, it's, it, in the comics, it was the first being to ever escape the timeline. And so it's capable of eating and consuming pretty much anything. And after, so the group of Lokis that we see, they actually encounter another set of Lokis that are all trying to betray one another, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, because that I mean that 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 speaks to you know Loki's nature as a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were all true to form. <laughs> yeah. So we see that classic Loki and alligator Loki and the kid Loki help the main Loki escape, hmm. and they come across Mobius and Sylvie, and this is also the episode I got to say there's a there's an Easter egg that I thought really was really interesting. This is the episode where we see the Thanos copter which is one of those kind of weird advents in comics. Uh, Thanos flew a helicopter for a time that had his name on the side of it. Thanos just, you know, so you wouldn't confuse it with anybody else because, you know, a big purple guy in, you know, golden armor, you know, that may not be distinct enough, so he needed a Thanos copter, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Spider-Man's buggy. <laughs> right, yeah. <clears throat> no, but I, I really like the stuff with the, the multiple Lokis, especially, I really liked the fact that we saw, uh, mm -hmm. there were two in particular that, that, that impressed me. Classic Loki, because mm -hmm. to put anybody in that classic costume takes, <laughs> you know, uh, takes, uh, as, as Mick Foley would say, testicular fortitude. Uh, and to wear that costume with such, you know, just... I'm going to wear it, and it is what it is, and this is it, and we're not ashamed of our, of our, of our you know, past source material. Mm -hmm. And to put it on an actor of that caliber uh, and, and get them to come on board and do that, I, I think shows the goodwill that Marvel Studios has built up with, with performers. Um, yeah. And, and the and other one... Go ahead. Go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's the trademark Marvel fun. They can yeah. do something like that and not have it seem like it's where they're they're delving into like self parody. Yes, yeah. they can be fun and still tell a serious story. Yeah, and the other one I liked was the alligator. <laughs> yeah, uh, Loki. Because who 
who would have ever thought we we would actually see something like that? So this, I, I will say, I think this episode feels more like a finale than the actual finale because we do see we have that big battle where the classic Loki provides the distraction, and then Loki and Sylvie they successfully enchant the creature, the Alioth, together. And the creature shows them the way to a citadel that is beyond the void. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It did have, uh, you know, that, that big episode, that finale feel. And honestly, they could have ended it with them approaching the void and say, okay, see you next season. And just sure. left it there. But, but yeah. Yeah, they could have. And you understand why they didn't give it what movie's coming and who's going to be in it. You know. Right, yeah. Now, again, now I, in no way does this diminish episode six, but there were some people with whom I spoke who were a little confused, and hopefully we can provide you a little bit of insight here as to what happened. Okay. So we are on to the finale for all time, always. And Renslayer leaves on a mission to find, quote-unquote, free will. Yeah. And... We see Miss Minutes give her the information for the TVA's creator. And by the way, Miss Miss Minute is played by <coughs> Tara Strong, who's voiced several characters, yes. <coughs> including Harley Quinn. That girl, Harley Quinn. Um, and the list is endless. Mm -hmm. But I just want you to know real life Tara Strong, uh, you know, uh, is very much indeed <laughs> on the list. Yeah. Uh, I think we've sp spoken about this before. I actually saw her at a Comic-Con a couple of years ago, and she was incredibly gracious to her fans. Yeah, she seems like a, like a sweet Very person. funny, yeah, yes. And she dressed up as Harley Quinn for one of the conventions. Was that the one? Uh, no, this wasn't the one. She was wearing, I think, like a leather jacket or something like that. So, yes, <laughs> she was very attractive, yes. Uh, but she was very down-to-earth. Yeah, she you know, seems that way. She didn't come off like, you know, some disinterested celebrity. She was actually yeah. enjoying herself. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, we see, and we see a, a really key scene here. B-15 proves to some of the other TVA troopers that their variants by showing them a Renslayer variant who is a high school vice principal. Now, Loki and Sylvie are now at the Citadel at the end of time. And this is where we see the character that is only referred to in this episode as He Who Remains. Mm -hmm. But this, I believe, is going to be a huge part of the next phase of Marvel movies and TV. Because Absolutely. who this leads to and who we see at the very end is a major player within the Marvel mythos. Now, this version, this is he who remains, says that he's grown weary, and he offers Loki and Sylvie a choice. Kill him and risk another multiversal war, because he is saying that he's basically keeping time organized. Order. Yeah, yeah. Yes, in order. Or they could replace him and oversee the TVA and oversee that singular timeline. Right, right. So then Loki and Sylvie fight. Loki is sent back to the TVA. 
Uh, they also they do kiss. We we definitely see that yeah. you know that, so Loki that, uh, kissed himself. Yeah. So yeah, Loki kept Loki kissed himself. So um, you can definitely say that Loki loves himself. Yeah, indeed. But uh, Loki is sent back to the TVA, and we see that Sylvie does go through with killing He Who Remains. Now, should we talk about He Who? Should we talk about who He Who Remains is? Well, I'm getting ready to. So, if you want to say something, I'm, I'm, I'm no, gonna. No, yeah, yeah, go. Okay, so when Loki gets back to TVA headquarters, he tries to warn Mobius and B15 about the variants of He Who Remains, right. because He Who Remains said the versions of me that are coming are very dangerous. Yeah. And then we see that Mobius and B15 don't recognize Loki. And Loki then sees a statue, and you can see, even though it's not in color, and he doesn't have the helmet on, we see a statue that is wearing the costume of Kang the Conqueror. And uh, he even refer he who remains even refers to himself at one point as a conqueror. This is a villain from the future, the 31st century, who is a very dangerous villain of the Avengers. And Seemingly now, this villain, or variants of this villain, have been unleashed on the Marvel Universe. And he's also a descendant of Reed Richards, correct? Yes, yes. Um, so, we've got a, uh, you know, tie to, we've got several things in play. Uh, this is, in my opinion, somebody that could be just as, if not more dangerous than Thanos. Mm -hmm. Even though he's not as physically imposing as Thanos. The other thing is the, the fact that he's related to Reed Richards you know, is further sort of confirmation, evidence that the Fantastic Four are coming. Mm-hmm. Which is good and news, yeah. It's great news, um, and uh, I wonder if he would play a part at all in one of the Fanta in, in the Fantastic Four movie or or future movies with the Fantastic Four. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good point. If you've never read, you know, anything with Kang in it, if and if you don't have any access to comics right now, you could always try to find Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the old cartoon. Yeah. He was in that. Um, and again, that gives you a snapshot into just how dangerous he's been in the past to the Avengers. So, And also, I like the name, because doesn't it sound like a wrestling character? <laughs> Kang the Conqueror sounds like somebody that could be managed by Mr. Fuji. That's a good point, yeah. You know, like I just... Just, you know... <laughs> could have been tag, tag partners with Yokozuna. Yeah, or Haku, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Haku and Kang, you know. <laughs> but no, um, can you imagine one of the variants was called, or one of his variants was called Haku? <laughs> if they do that, I'm going to start getting uh, a Hot Toys, are going to have to release a Mr. Fuji action figure. Uh, no, but um, can you imagine that $300 action, uh, Mr. Fuji action figure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Anyway, uh, enough about Mr. Fuji. Um but no, I'm, like I said, 
I don't know much about the character, but I'm fascinated by the that he is this sort of at least this version is presented as this overlord of you know the keeper of time, the patroller of time, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the ending when when Loki reveal sees the statue, and we re- we we realize that he's in an alternate timeline now. That kind of had the Planet of the Apes ending vibes when Charlton Heston sees this. That's this, that's this, a good point. Yeah, it's yeah. Such a pivot, so yeah, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are we rating this series on? Um... Oh, and then also the big the big end tease is that not much of anything, but it was a file being Loki's file being stamped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know his TVA file being stamped, and it said season two. So right, this is the first. Uh, MCU Disney Plus series that has been confirmed for a second season. And I'm I, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for that. So, uh, I mean, well, how do you want to do it? You want to do it a letter grade, or do you want to do a, 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 a out of ten? Well, let's just do a letter grade. All right. So I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, I'm going to give it an A minus. You uh-huh. know, there were a couple of kind of slow parts, but. There's not much to complain about, and I know a lot of people who weren't familiar with Kang were left feeling like that the ending fizzled a little bit. Yeah. But you do your research on Kang with all of his future technology and the knowledge that he has, he is very dangerous. Um, As dangerous, if not more dangerous than Thanos. So this is a character who opens up a huge threat for the Marvel Universe. And look, the cool thing is, if you don't feel safe to actually physically go out to a comic store right now, understandable, uh, but there is Comixology. It's a great, you know, mm-hmm. it's a great resource. Yes. Um, so, yeah, check it out if you want to learn more about Kang. But yeah, I, I'm going to give it an A, an a so slightly okay. higher, than, just a little bit higher than you. Okay. Like I said, I'm a sucker for time travel and alternate timelines. This is right up my alley. I've always said that, you know, he started out as a villain, uh, and Loki did, and he he was one of the great. He's one of the greatest Marvel villains in the mm-hmm. MCU so far. Um, but but you know his character progression and the performance over the MCU has really uh, made the character grow on me, mm-hmm. and. You get that 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 same high level of performance from Tom Hiddleston, and the character growth of this variant Loki doesn't have seven or eight movies to go through that growth. It has six episodes, yeah. And he and he still manages to do that. And uh, like I said, Tom Hiddleston gave it his his all. Uh, just a joy of a performer and a character in the MCU. And again, yeah, you give me time travel and alternate universes, timelines, then you, you know, you, you've got me hooked, and I'm so glad that there's a, a season two on the way. Well, more the like, last thing, go ahead. More Tom Hiddleston, I'm down for it. The last thing I'll say, if Tom Hiddleston wasn't such a gifted actor, I mean, he, there were a lot of breakout performances, don't get me wrong, but without the you know, acceptance from the public and the love for this character, this series doesn't happen and it yeah. doesn't work if he's not as talented as he is. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, it hinged and, upon uh, him. 
an honorable mention to Sylvie because she played Loki well, like she did. Like you saw a lot of what Tom Hiddleston did in, in her performance, but she also made it her own at the same time. Loki was a better Doctor Who show than Doctor Who's ever been, but that's just me. Anyway, um, I know I've just pissed off a whole load of people. <laughs> you just pissed off a, uh, yeah, uh, excuse, I'm going to piss off a lot of He-Man people in a few minutes too, so why not? Oh, yeah, we're going to anger some people who need to be angered though. So Start yeah. off nice and early, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait for season two, and I can't wait for the next Marvel series, which is What If? Mm-hmm. And we'll be here covering what if. That, oh man, I'm so excited for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we may have to do that one, one episode by episode or, or two episodes at a time. Because I don't think I can wait <laughs> a full six or ten episodes to talk. Yeah, well, it's more episodes. It's ten. It's ten. Yeah. yeah. So I think we can get away with doing, you know, doubling up. Well, that you know the the what if title over the years with Marvel as you know it's it's kind of Marvel's versions of Elseworlds if, yeah. if you're yeah. mainly a DC reader it's just a lot of fun it explores a lot of alternate timelines so. yeah that that's gonna be really good um, but we'll be back for that in the meantime if you wanna before what if begins if you wanna get a hold of us to talk about our, our thoughts on Loki or share your thoughts on Loki with us. You can on social media. So, Donnie, if they want to track you down, where do they do it? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk Marvel. Let's talk Green Lantern. Awesome. If you want to find me, it's at Adam underscore Leafs fan on uh, Twitter. The Podcast Network has uh, its own Twitter page at MMNPDC. We also have a Facebook page, which is linked below. Click the link, I'll add you, and we can continue the conversation there if you so choose Facebook as your uh, mode of uh, preferred social media. But until then, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you'll join us again for What If. And Please, please subscribe to the yes, channel. Yes, like, subscribe, tell your friends. And remember that Loki is forever. From the first variant we see in this in this in the series to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everyone.